previously on Those Were the Days. He's the, the one that comes in in the black suit and says, I'm going on vacation to Detroit. I was trying to channel David Attenborough. I could see him leading a show, but not as this character. Just order a Columbo. <laughs> What's the French word for pastel? Pastel? Because noir is black, so gris is gray, which is pastel black. Doubles supplied by Ron Smith's celebrity lookalikes. You wanted to be Magnum. I did love Tom Selleck growing up. A man's attractiveness was dictated by how much hair he could sport on his body. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Welcome to Those Were the Days. This is a show where we talk about TV from yesterday, but talk about it with today's eyes. Does it hold up? Or do we not need to be kind and forget to rewind? We'll find out. This month, we're in the middle of talking about private eyes. Now, unlike some gumshoes, I can't do this alone. I need my fellow detectives to find the right clues to what is good TV. So, first, we have weightlifting Amy. All right, everyone, welcome to the Divorce Women's Support Group. I'm really glad that you're all here. Okay, now, I know you're all newly divorced, so I just want to let you know some of the options available to you. Uh, First of all, we have the hot mess without a man. Yeah, for that, we'll be giving you a house coat and a pair of slippers. Now, the great thing about this is you can keep your hair in curlers as often as you want and just smoke just continuously. It's great. There's day drinking also. It's a really good option. Uh, your second option is what we like to call the, the fun option. Uh, this is the, the fun divorcee. It's mini skirts and plunging necklines regardless of whether it's appropriate or not. Uh, it's a really good one. Yep, Molly. Yeah? Yeah, you have a question? Yeah. What? Weightlifting? Uh, yeah, sure. If that if that's gonna help you get through it, sure. That seems really progressive. That's fantastic. I am sure that men will still question your intelligence, but you go with it. I, I support that. <laughs> right out of the gate, Amy gets there the belt. Go. Come on. So and good. Next, we have the collector, Travis. Central casting. Marvin speaking. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, we're doing a new episode of Simon and Simon, huh? Okay, all right, all right, let me know what you need. Okay, so we need a lawyer, right? White hair, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Looks like someone describing Sydney Green Street after seeing one photograph about 10 years earlier. Okay, got it. A businessman, right, nondescript, shady background. We're only going to see him for two scenes, though, before he's revealed to be the big bad, and you prefer that he have not a great mustache. I think I can work with that. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, a leathery old shop owner that sells collectibles and looks like he hands out candy from a van on weekends. I think I can do that. That's that's not so so bad. You need a guy who collects comic books and baseball cards very enthusiastically. So are you thinking like ponytail and neckbeard or more frizzy hair and Coke bottle glasses? Coke bottles. Got it. Okay. And a mook. Mm, boy, it's, oh, man. All my Vinnies and Paulies are over on the Once Upon a Time in America set. Uh, what, how about a Mario? Yeah, good. Oh, you're going to love this guy. He looks like Lou Ferrigno if he was eight inches shorter and a lot rounder. All right, and finally, you need somebody that's going to be in a background of a scene reading lines like he's doing voiceover work, okay? And we're not going to really pay much attention to him, but we are going to definitely see who he is. You know what? 
I got a guy named Frank. He needs the work. Excellent. I'll get this order put in right away. Yep, you have a nice day. Yo, Jimmy! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then having to follow that is the baseball fan, Steven. I'm not even going to (laughs) try. Well, hello there, friends. All I have to say about this show is that a boot on a foot is like a boat anchor. And if it slips off too easy, then those boots don't fit. There you go. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I let you down, Audie. Had, you almost no. had a three for three. I had a, I had a backup one. Um, my backup <laughs> one is that finding your grandfather dead on the floor is second only to that time you lost Artax in the Swamp of Sorrows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yep. Mm-hmm. I so, know what you're referencing. <laughs> because it's hard to tell from any of this what we're actually talking about. <laughs> we're talking about the show Simon and Simon. Now, before we get into it too much, does anybody have any connection to this show at all? Amy? No, no, not even a little. Steven? <laughs> I have never heard of this show until today, or last week, rather. Uh, Travis? I was aware of Simon and Corporal Dad, but I never actually watched it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've got to be honest, I don't have a huge connection to it other than I knew it existed. I, I know I'd seen some of it. I knew the theme song. Like, that's one of those theme songs that just stuck in my head. Um, and a uh, little inside baseball. When we picked this category, people, everybody else immediately had their pick. And they picked all the good ones that were easy to find <laughs> streaming anywhere. So... Um, I was trying to you figure out what to do. Quick with a spreadsheet, if you're. Oh, yeah. Apparently, good lord. Um, but yeah, I was just trying to find anything. Um, I almost went with Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, almost. But Disney has kind of butchered the show, so um, they they've cropped it sixteen by nine and oh, no. redid the no. intro music, and it's just like. Bleh. Um, but then we I, nothing from George Lucas. Just leave it alone. Right. <laughs> Stop touching things. Exactly. Touch um, Especially like but, Disney theme songs to their cartoons. Like this is the era of mm-hmm. DuckTales. Like it's that same right. era. Yeah. Chip and Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers is one I remember. Right up there with Tales. I will say. Oh, yeah. I will say it's not the worst. It's just simply that they remastered it, and they in doing so they lose all the sound effects that you remember. From originally mm. hearing in that whole oh, see, intro. I want that. I want that in Like right, the lightning exactly. striking and stuff? Uh-huh. Yeah. All that. Oh, that, that. yeah, that's not okay. It feels yeah. weird. So. Mm-hmm. That's weird. But then I remembered that Daily Motion exists and people just throw everything up on there. Uh, so Backwards. Backwards. And <laughs> yes. here's the funny thing. In finding this episode, I put Simon and Simon episodes in and this particular one was one of the first ones that came up in my Google search. All right. So I was like... Yeah. Let me give it a look. And then it's like when I as soon as I saw what it was about, it's like, oh, this better be good because this is one I want to I want to dig into this one. Well, um, according to IMDb, this is one it. of the highest rated episodes of No Miss and No Miss Apparently. On, out there. So mm-hmm. no sorry, Miss Simon and, and no Simon. Miss. It, it was written on glass, but, <laughs> no but I was on the wrong side of the door. <laughs> yeah, D- dear listener, we we watched a mirrored episode on Daily Motion. So at least it didn't feature a lot of text and images that would maybe be important <laughs> if they were the right way around. That we needed to read the amount of times I paused. It's, it's fine. The amount of times I paused and then would unpause and wait for it to catch up, 
and mm, then realize oh. it was like five seconds ahead of where I was just at, and I have to back oh, up yeah, again. No, it's just. Um, I mean, I appreciate Daily Motion wild. for having the episode, but yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. Shout out! We to appreciate the... your piracy, Daily mm-hmm. Motion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Simon and Simon, an American crime drama television series that ran from November twenty fourth, nineteen eighty one, to September sixteenth of eighty nine. Uh, it was broadcast on CBS and starred, starred Gerald McCraney and Jameson Parker as two very different brothers who operate a two-person detective agency in San Diego. So, Gerald McCraney, who we keep alluding to in all his other roles, uh, played Rick Simon, uh, U.S. Marine, Vietnam vet, and a very go-with-the-flow kind of personality, and, uh, which suits him to be the cowboy of the brothers. Yep, uh, usually a six wearing a half gallon hat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Usually <laughs> in boots and denim of some sort. Um, and uh, as you saw in this episode, his uh, his pickup truck. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny. It, he actually lives on a boat in his brother AJ's yard. You know, <laughs> not on the water. This in, is as far from Magnum PI as we could have gotten, <laughs> like vehicularly speaking. Thomas yeah. Magnum is driving a Ferrari around Oahu, and Rick Simon has a truck that he stole off the set of Mad Max. You know, the Road Warrior. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very <laughs> that's only because truck get... with the grill ripped off. Yeah. This this episode is Rick's turn to drive. His brother AJ, played by Jameson Park, AJ, which stands for Andrew Jackson. Simon. He's the college graduate with more of a preppy look, and he actually has a taste for classic cars, so he actually has the more Magnum-esque cars when he gets to drive. Um, uh, Fun little trivia, although they're a few years apart, they were McCraney and Parker are actually both born in 47 and are only three months difference in age. Oh, wow. So, uh, we got two other regulars in this particular episode. Mary Carver as Cecilia Simon, their mother, who is a frequent on the show, because we we got to keep mom involved. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then also Tim Reed as Lieutenant Marcel, Marcel Downtown Brown. Um, I love Tim Reed. Yeah. I do, too, and, and I wish we would have had more than half a scene with him. I know, right? Yeah. So he's, but he's basically their, their cop friend. Um, so, um, this started out actually in 78 as a television pirate called Pirate's Keys that was set in Florida. Um, when CBS eventually picked up the show, they changed it from Florida to San Diego where the show was actually filmed, uh, for the Mm. first season, just the first season due to production costs (laughs) and low ratings, they moved production to Los Angeles. Um, but they still kept it set in San Diego, so at least they were close. Okay. Um, now, the series was created by executive producer Philip Daguerre, who credited his inspiration on a request from a CBS executive to create something like a modern-day Butch and Sundance. And <laughs> Daguerre had recently read about a divorced husband and wife detective team. Um. And he got the guy who wrote about that to come, and Bob Shane, and he came on to write and was basically one of the main writers throughout the show. Um, now, it was almost canceled in 82 due to low, low ratings. 
CBS decided to give it one more shot by throwing it to Thursday nights at 9 p.m. following Magnum P.I. Oh, heck. Season two began with a two-hour crossover episode that began in Magnum and continued in Simon and Simon. That's how to do, like... That's clever. Right? That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's smart. Guess what? It worked. Ratings rose, it became a hit, and that slot continued to draw ratings for the next several seasons. Uh, Their peak was in seasons two through four. Um, And then in 84, the Cosby Show premiered at eight against Magnum. Mm -hmm. And right after that, Cheers followed the Cosby Show at nine. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a a good block. (laughs) That's some powerful television. Right. Mm -hmm. So 85 to 86... They just kind of, Simon Simon just kind of fell off. They got moved to Saturdays late in the run, and it just never recovered. Um, The weekend is is not a good place for your procedural. No. Yeah. Network network TV on the weekend, that's a death sentence. (laughs) Yeah. You might as well Um, just start hanging it up. So I guess we've got this contract. Uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Fine. The other fun thing about, uh, like I said before, I remember the theme song to this show. So... First season, when it was doing poorly, it had a different theme song. It was a song called Best of Friends, um, composed by Linda Creed and Barry Devorzen, performed by the Thrasher Brothers. Now, you can go find video on YouTube about of the theme song, season one, and then the theme song the rest of the time. I understand why they picked this song. But it was not a great fit. And then moving it after Magnum, I can see why they changed the theme song. So at the beginning of the second season, uh, they got a much more what's its more recognizable theme song. Again, composed by Barry uh, Dvorzen and Michael Towers. Um, And it sounds a little something like this. Am I playing the song? Yeah. Is that my cue? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Okay, we got to give a huge shout-out to pal of the show, Phil Rude. He recorded that for me. I asked him if he would, because as soon as I heard the theme song again, I was like, oh, that sounds like something Phil could jam on. Because if, if you, you like don't... this show, you would like his show, The Picture yes. Show, with Austin and Phil Rude. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is absolutely. excellent. And then also follow Phil on TikTok and stuff, because he is oh, constantly yeah. jamming out on the guitar like this. Um, Phil rules. So, thank you so much, Phil, for that. Um, and that brings us to the actual episode. So, we watched uh, 
Season 4, Episode 9, Almost Completely Out of Circulation, um, where a cartoonist is killed. Um, and we're going to get into it, we'll talk about it, but I, I can't not bring it up now. There are two very special guests in this episode that we have alluded to. The first one is uh, Noah Hathaway, who plays Patrick Jessup. Um, who is the kid in this episode. His grandfather is a cartoonist. Um, Amy alluded to it very well that he played Atreyu in The NeverEnding Story. Um, mm-hmm. And um, which actually, funny, this episode aired in November of 1984. Uh, NeverEnding Story came out in July of 84. Snap. So this was right after the movie. Oh, Wow. Got some heat. Uh huh. Some Hollywood yeah. heat. Yep. Riding that Sec- uh, never ending story wave. Yeah, you can do never ending yeah. story two and three and however many. Yeah, no, he didn't he didn't get those other ones. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, um. He's too sad. Wasn't Jonathan Brandis in that two? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then in, yeah, one of them. Somebody else in three. Um, good pick. So good though. You can't beat Jonathan Brandis. No. I don't care. And then it's you're, it's over. Second person I need to shout out, because as soon as I saw this, I was like, we're doing this episode. Like, as soon as I saw this person, as soon as I heard this person, I was like, yeah, oh, we're doing it. Frank Welker, who Mm -hmm. we have constantly talked about. Oh, yeah. Is in this episode. doing Dr. Claw. It's not even pretending. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. And he's just credited as dubbing actor. Sure. Um, But kind of steals the show because he's Frank Welker. Easily the best, like the best part of this entire episode is just Frank Welker in the background doing those lines and then occasionally questioning, like, "Wait, didn't mm-hmm. have a, a helmet with like a sword on it or something?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not doing them in order, and yeah. it was like his Daily Motion likes to put ads in when it's feeling sassy, and so it was like, <laughs> like, it, it like just sassy. starts, and it was like ads. I was like, "No, come on, it just got real good." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing? We just got to we, we we made it through. The the bit immediately preceding Frank Welker, which was uh-huh. rough. <laughs> we'll, we'll get, get there. there. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> One more little trivia piece. Gerald McCraney was also in The NeverEnding Story. Oh, he was. Mm-hmm. But yep. he never say, shared scenes. He was in the real world. He was Bastion's dad. Oh, yeah. So. Um, again, he hadn't gotten his field promotion to major yet. So. Right. <laughs> so this episode, I, one of the first things that I wrote down is, oh, we've got the trailer for the episode before the episode kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, kids, that's that not a new happen. thing. That's not a new yeah. thing. We cry about it with all these movie trailers having a little movie trailer right before them when we watch <laughs> them on YouTube. Yeah. It's not new. Not that new, folks. No. I forgot to about that. To get you that. hyped. Mm-hmm. Or if you're th- like you're like you've got the TV guide out, and you're like this one. No, we're gonna go watch. Cheers, actually. <laughs> 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 Maybe this one. Yeah. Maybe this one is not the night. <laughs> we have to talk about the opening. Yeah. So I the opening. <laughs> what, what did you yell screen. about? That's yeah. What did you how, yell? That's not how fountain pens work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Not so how we start out comic. Stuff galore, um, mm-hmm. which was actually uh, 
speaking of that, like all this stuff was actually produced by Marvel Productions and handed over. Um, it was actually uh, the Condor stuff was uh, actually produced by comic book penciler Will Minio. Inked by him and Bruce Tim, apparently. Yeah. It's oh, wow. yeah. not the Bruce Tim credit. I was right. like, Whoa. I oh. I don't know who was actually doing it on camera because I know it was neither of them because they the person on camera doesn't know how to Nope. Okay. Amy, do you wanna yeah. do you wanna elaborate or <laughs> I need the art that, people to, to fill like, me in. I need to like like I need to explain um what happens. So so you see them inking and then you you see him take the pen and go over to the bottle of the ink with the dropper in it and then take the dropper off and drop ink onto the pen. And then I yelled and blacked out for like mm-hmm. a minute and then the episode started. Yeah. I had a moment. They let this person actually ink on the page. I was surprised at that. Yeah. Because there was a couple marks that I was like, oh, they actually made that mark. Yeah. That yeah. particular kind of pen is not one you make those kind of marks with. That okay, so all right, it's fine. It's what, fine. What, like that part, I'll accept one, that part. But the ink, I was yeah. Like, one mm-mm. one more art nerd. That particular, it 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 is a a nib dip pen, but it's got a flat kind of yeah. tip to it, which is more used for lettering stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. if it's going to be a sharp pointy end, it's going to do most of the other inking stuff. Um, but you, you could can, let that go. You can't. Were it not mm. for the dropper? The dropper. You don't just, I was you don't like, just dropper ink on top of the pen and then start using it. Uh, you guys still do that? Especially <laughs> that pen. Because the way it's constructed, <laughs> like it's got two pieces of metal. There's a metal piece on top. You're just putting ink on top of that. It's sliding and going everywhere. It's not actually holding <laughs> the ink. The ink is held between the two metal pieces. Okay. Reaction, I feel baby. like I feel like this it's is science. the equivalent. This is the equivalent of when your parents get a, like a, a Blu-ray player, but still have a standard television. It's yeah. like this it, doesn't. Uh-huh. You could do that with a quill pen, dumb dumb, but okay. not with the new pen that you just got like, for Christmas. <laughs> we, we've got our art nerds here. I went to college and got my degree in sequential art, so I feel like if I'm not on this soapbox in this particular thing, Someone I'm doing has it wrong. To be. This is my problem, right? <laughs> I have so many varied ho- hobbies and that I know an awful lot about. I just watch people do things wrong all the time, and I'm like, mm-hmm. please stop. Please, it's mm-hmm. not... <laughs> Yeah, it's we learning works. so much, and it's still a much more peaceful world. Y'all are too smart. <laughs> yeah, it is. It sucks sometimes. Um, it's a burden. So <laughs> we see all these comics. We see this whoever it was inking the comic. Um, and then we see him start to draw a face, and then he gets whacked. Apparently. Yeah. Grandson comes in, finds Grandpa. The only time we actually see Grandpa is his dead body on the floor. Yeah. And the grandson's just like, what? And runs out. Yeah. With somebody lurking. We see a shadow of somebody still lurking there. Yeah, because you're so, hanging around the crime scene, making sure mm-hmm. your shadow's on the wall. You yep. know? Ding, yep. Ding. <laughs> That's um, not how, how you do you things. Dip a pen. No, <laughs> not how. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was me, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, I figured as much. Yeah. 
But still, I got to say that the rest of the studio looked like a comic book artist studio for sure. Very lovely. Oh, yeah. That's Um, great. So then we cut to the offices of Simon and Simon. The The... enormous office. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just palatial. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, if you're a private detective in San Diego, you got to show (laughs) off a little bit with your pinball machines and stuff. That was real good. Mm Mm-hmm. So Rick's playing pinball. AJ comes in. It's like hard as work, hard at work as usual. And he's got that members only jacket zipped all the way up. Yeah. Um. Rick gives him grief about it. He takes it off. He's wearing a shirt that I didn't find too offensive or anything. I was like, No, it was fine. Especially for 1984. Are you kidding? 84 in San Diego. That is. That is, you know, understated. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the grandson comes in, who we find his name is Patrick Jessup, and he wants to hire them. Um, And we find out that they charge 400 bucks a day. So he pulls out a... Good rate, yeah. He pulls out some baseball cards. He's got a Pete Rose rookie card, mint. So that's worth Mm -hmm, 250. Hank Aaron rookie card rookie card only in excellent condition it's worth 125 and he calls it henry aaron has anyone ever in the history of baseball called hank aaron henry like a kid would you call hank aaron henry well it, that's i what don't would have been printed on the card well sure but it, like hank aaron is yeah. his name i mean it's the, I, I mean sure his name's henry but no one says that maybe, also i heard pete rose sucks and nobody should talk to him a... Maybe he's just a collector, yeah. right? Like he's Maybe not into oh, okay. he's not Although, into baseball. I mean, uh, he did but make the except team. yeah, he made the the team the non descript team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I was just hung up on the Henry Aaron because I was bothered that <laughs> it was a they lot. would say that. Yeah, also, yeah. I was right. still on Pete, the pen thing, so I just, uh, yeah, I, I missed the pen thing, go. but the Henry Aaron just <laughs> threw me for a while. <sighs> but you're not yeah. wrong. Pete, Pete Rose is terrible, and nobody should talk to him. Yeah, Pete Rose sucks, and no one should go meet him ever. Yeah. So Patrick has to explain to him what's going on. His grandfather, Martin Banfield, creator of the of the Condor. Uh, and he was just going to unmask Janus the Terrible. And that's why he was killed. Because reasons. Um, so Simon and Simon are like, mm, why, why don't we talk to your mom about this? Um, and I do like Which, that. It, go ahead. It should be pointed out, AJ doesn't know anything about this, but Rick is all about right. it because he reads the comic book. I was about board. to say. Yeah. Rick is the comic book person. AJ is absolutely not. Um, and that I might don't like AJ for that later. reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it becomes important. So, uh, they go to talk to Patrick's mom, Molly Jessup. And this was the most interesting introduction to a character I've ever seen. <laughs> Random woman, woman we don't know, but we're going to spot her. Why are they spotting her? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Why are they spotting her? The his both face of them. is like her, her, her face is in his gooch with the like <laughs> doing push-ups. Like it's the because worst. Because they can't let her lift weights without them. Mm-hmm. How is she going to know how to do it? She's just a girl. Yeah, it's so <laughs> offensive. I was like, why is this is the wrong place for you to be standing? Because they yeah. definitely yeah. look like people who know how to lift weights. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so 
she's talking to him, calls her son a little wanker, which I found interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That word has changed. Of all the things. She was super (laughs) sus to me from the beginning. I was like, I don't know about this lady. Mm -hmm. Well, she's divorced. Um, Yeah. You know, know, she's divorced. Such a shame. Pumping iron. To make up for the failed marriage. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's what you do. Um, Yeah. Ma'am. Just daydream. And then... uh, (laughs) So Patrick comes along, shows them to the studio, um, shows them the last page that uh, Granddad Martin was working on, and again, we see Rick fawning over everything as the comic book lover, Um, and AJ at every attempt says the wrong thing about it. Um, And so Molly does ask Simon and Simon to look into it. Uh, for Patrick. And she doesn't really think there's anything to it, but sure, why not? Um, What's $400 a day between yeah. friends? I got uh-huh. $400 a day to, to spend. It's fine. I'm it's fine. You know, next to my Oceanside house and everything. Right. right. <laughs> I uh, did a lot of alimony. <laughs> so, yeah, right? <laughs> took him to the cleaners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the 80s. I mean, it is. <laughs> so... They're talking about, the, you know, unmasking Janus the Terrible. They ask if they've got a copy of the first issue where he's introduced. Um, apparently, Mr. Banfield never saved a copy of the comics at all. And it apparently didn't let in any of the family either because he had what Molly felt was an inward contempt for selling out of his art. I have Listen, a gang, for um, that. Um, I, if I sell out, please just collect it all. Um, yeah. Please just make a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because apparently it. he started out as a serious painter. Um, both. Top secret. Yeah. He, yeah. Can be many. It's um, real easy to sell your serious paintings once people know who you are. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. It's is such a weird. I was like, oh, did AJ write this part of the script? What? he's over there dipping a pen so but since they don't have it rick's like you know what i collected a bunch of condor comic books i've probably got that let's go find it Mm. so they go back to mom's house and they can't find it um and they realize the reason they can't find it is because oops aj threw it out a long time ago Tail as old as time. Mm-hmm. Now, my question is, who throws out a box without at least looking at what the contents are? Like, I get that Rick put on, you know, oh, protected by poison needles and threat mm-hmm. of death or whatever he put on there. But you at least open the box and look. Yeah, but he yeah, doesn't but I mean, think the it, comics are worth anything anyway. Yeah, right. That's where I was going to go. And the he way looked at me like, oh, these are just Rick's stupid comics. And however long ago it was, probably a while when they were younger and probably a little bit more butting heads as brothers do. Sure. So, sure. So. He's looking for his porno stash and this was mm-hmm. not. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of comic books. Whatever. <laughs> Throw them out. <laughs> so. Um, now they decide to go talk to the family lawyer about the will. 
who doesn't think anything of this. Um, interesting that he was like, this lawyer's got a great bead on anybody. When he was talking about uh, Molly, he was like, emotionally, Molly is about a year older than her son. I was like, you know, dang, you know, <laughs> women. And so there is a will, but it must be read two months after his death. And Simon and Simon are like, well, 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 why? And the lawyer's like, I don't know, probably to torture his kids. Um, and like, what? And we learned that uh, Daddy and his kids did not have a great relationship for whatever reason. Um, and they're like, but he seemed to be getting along with the grandson. And it's like, well, it's one granddad to another. That that happens. <laughs> but still, the two of them live in a fantasy world. Um, so they leave. And the lawyer makes a call. So the guys with Patrick decide to go to a comic book shop to go look for this Condor comic book. Um, And apparently it was worth a lot. Uh, Number 146, when Janice is introduced, mint condition $1,400, first printing (laughs) $650. Um. I'm like, oh my gosh, AJ especially is super surprised. Like, how can comic books be worth so much? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think in this particular case, they explain it well that they got, it's a lucky thing for this particular comic book that the wholesaler, Razzle Dazzle Comics. So good. Um, apparently, they, the headquarters burned down and any copy that wasn't in there is worth a lot. So, Okay. Still, fourteen hundred dollars um, is like first edition Spider Man money during that age. Yeah, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. we're talking. Condor must be a pretty popular character in the Simon Simon universe. Also, did anybody notice they were kind of saying Conda instead of Condor <laughs> the whole time? Oh yeah, because I was like, are they saying Condor? Or they said Conda. Condor. We got the Conda comics. Mm-hmm. It really threw me off. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was missing a syllable or if it was just. That's what they were doing. Yeah. And it was funny. The comic book shop owner person was hilarious. Like, asking him questions about it. Like, do you have anything else? It's like, yeah, it's back there. I love when they get another issue, and he's like, it's 15 bucks. A bargain. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, for back (laughs) issues, and especially if, like, we're thinking it's a pretty popular comic, not not terrible. Um, uh, One of the illustrators or writers just died. That's about forty five dollars right. in today money. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Okay, so, and I again, mean, if this is like a series where there is limited amounts out there, yeah, yeah that's, could that's be not terrible. reasonable. <laughs> Still a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but back I, issues are hard to find, so you're gonna find you're gonna have those prices higher mm-hmm. now, especially then where you had to go to the comic book shop. You couldn't just eBay right. and see who has one. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and, and one of the staples of Simon and Simon also is that Rick has no money on him ever. AJ's the money man. <laughs> nope. And Perfect. he uh, he pays for it, asks for a seat. And <laughs> comic shop owner just rips a part off a uh, paper bag and writes it down. I love that. Great. That like, was you go. Yeah, wonderful. sounds good. Yeah, that seems legit. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
So they're Usually rocking out. You don't want the evidence of what you've spent at the comic book sh- mm-hmm. shop. You know, right. like, don't put this to paper. No one needs to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're walking out. Rick's reading it because he's just enthralled. Gives AJ the keys to the truck. Say, go, go pull around. I can't read and do this at the same time. <laughs> um, and he sits down. And as soon as he does, somebody clobbers him upside the head. Steals the comic, gets in the car, and peels off. You know. Which this is another moment where I forgot we were looking at the show backwards, and I was like, what is going on? I'm like, why did he hit the driver's side? He didn't. It, yeah. was, just, it was just flipped. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, God. <laughs> Took me a second. Mm-hmm. So we're back at the Jessup's house. Molly's got ice on Rick's neck. Um, and they ask her about Raymond and how he's in charge of the finances. Uh made a lot of investments, was very successful in merchandising of Condor, uh, and apparently donated a fortune to the Condor Preservation Fund. Okay. This will become important <laughs> later. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Simon and Simon decide to go see if they can get any info from the police on what's been happening. Just check it, see what's going on. Was that when they ask what his wife's name is? Was that the part when they're talking to her? They're like, oh, what's his wife's name? She's like, bimbo. (laughs) I mean, Donna. Yeah, because she mentions the (laughs) brothers and they're going to go see Scott. And Scott's Scott's super immature. And what's his wife's name? Bimbo. Uh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shannon, whatever. (laughs) Whatever it's supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah. Is that that part? I forget. Yeah, they do yeah. mention that. But That's first, right. they go and talk to, talk to Downtown Brown. Yeah. Um, see if he's got any info. And he's like, sure. If you buy tickets to the policeman's ball. <laughs> $30 um, a ticket. $30 a ticket. And then just it plays out the, the, the joke. He looks at Rick. He's like, I know you've got no money. And then he looks at AJ. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tim Reed. Tim uh-huh. and everything. Mm-hmm. Tim Reed's great. Yeah, I wish we had gotten more of him in this episode, but just that little bit was good. Um, mm-hmm. We we cut back to Raymond, the family lawyer, on the phone, not happy with how uh, something was handled because they had nothing. Um, mm-hmm. And whoever's talking to him is like not putting up with his sass at all. I have a and question they, for you guys related to this real mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. When a, a show or a movie is a mystery movie, do you like when they cut to the villain having the conversation? Would you rather be in the dark to these moments where the characters don't, you know, our, our investigators aren't there. So now we have information that the investigators don't have. How do y'all roll with that? In this case, I mean, it really doesn't matter, but because we're not looking at the sole villain... So we're still yeah. left mm-hmm. in the dark as to who his confederate is. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. It doesn't bother me too much. I just don't want I my murder mystery. I think we already mystery. know he's kind of shady. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I've had this conversation before. People are like, in a, in a movie, like I'm thinking of that. Cellular, you guys remember that movie where Chris Evans has the telephone and like Kim Basinger's oh, calling yeah. him and like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that would it have been cooler to not actually see what was going on on the other side and just have nothing but the story from the one side 
of the character you're supposed to be watching. I think about that with detective stuff too. Like, I mean, yeah, I think it depends on what you're trying to do. Like it, it can yeah. work either way. It's more how it's handled. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like the the first season of Only Murders in the Building, the way they set it up, I went into it like, I'm going to solve this. I had a notebook. I was mm-hmm. prepared. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to solve this. And then they were like, oh, actually, we're going to write it really terribly. And I got really mad at the end of it. <laughs> so then once I figured out like what they were doing, mm-hmm. then I could enjoy it. I could go, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go the, okay. oh, we're only, we're only four episodes in. We don't know. The killer is not even on screen yet. We're, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. You like in a mean? book, you need to, like, the killer should yeah. always be present. The Agatha Christie method yeah, yeah, of, like, yeah. Yeah. everybody, it, all the people that you need to know about are in here. You can't just yeah. bring a killer in from in Act Four. Yeah. And it's like, what? Not, Who is this knives person? Out, it is not. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think for, especially for TV, it's kind of like, we got to shortcut some of this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're looking at that pin at the beginning has already kind of set the bar. Right. So, like, yeah. plus, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the show is already moving at a glacial pace in terms of storytelling. So, we got to move. Oh yeah, along, there's so. lots of yeah. padding uh, as people at, walk from place to place. At mm-hmm. no point do you think that being a private detective is an exciting option. <laughs> Not from this show. Yeah. No, you, it's, it, you're yeah. like this is grueling. I yeah. Mm. <laughs> It's pro- it's closer to reality. <laughs> Probably, like, yeah. Let's just sit them. Let's mm-hmm. just watch them sit in a car and just watch. Take pictures of people yeah. going in and out of buildings all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> Real time. Well, like, now they go. <laughs> Simon and Simon go to actually talk to Scott Banfield, one of the sons, uh, who is arguing with Sherry. Is her name Sherry? That's it. Sorry, it's it the best. How do Are... you feel, Amy? <laughs> I feel like she needs to join the divorced women's club, and we've got a few options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, yeah. Uh, so he's like, "You're pretty, but you're stupid." Great, and she's like, "She's like, you're awful," you know, or something. I forget exactly what she says, and he goes, "Okay, fine." You're dumb. You're you're ugly and dumb. <laughs> and then she's like, "Oh, you! <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> it's, the, it's painful yeah. to watch this conversation." I was like, "There's no way he's a killer. There's no way." The, yeah, I, it's not gonna happen. It's not good. And he only <laughs> proceeds to prove that more the more they talk to him. Oh yeah. While Frank Welker is recording in the background. I, I admit I knew very little of what was going on in this scene because Same, the, I was the best just thing to happen to was going uh-huh. on. Yeah, Dr. Claw was recording Dr. lines Claw for Inspector Gadget. Dr. Claw was real into it. Yeah. Don't, don't worry because Scott basically doesn't think much of anything about anything except what <laughs> he's doing right here at the second trying to record stuff. Um and it's hilarious because Frank Welker, as this dubbing person, is like, didn't I just have a helmet and a sword? And Scott's telling him, we're not recording them in order. I'm like, why wouldn't you? Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This isn't like <laughs> film where you have to get this location and, and that location. it's literally one guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's doing everything. He's doing everything. <laughs> I did like the, the line from him. If you just give me a script like a week ahead... Then... I wouldn't slow things down like yeah. this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, again, this is the whole reason I wanted us to watch this episode, just it to have some good. Frank Welker. 
on just screen. Um, in all of his Frank Welkerness, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen him. Yeah, like I don't even recall ever looking at an IMDb photo or anything. So I was like, "Wait a minute, is that Frank Welker?" And then I went and researched the episode a little. I was like, "Holy crap, it is Frank Welker!" Of mm-hmm. course, because of course it is. I mean, yeah. Well, and you you he's his, in everything. You get his Doctor Claw voice. You get his like hero yeah. man voice, and you get him doing animal sounds. Yeah, all in mm-hmm. yeah the trifecta. Yeah, yeah. He's been in like almost every "Those Were the Days" episode that had a cartoon, and now oh, he's yeah. broken into real yep. life. Yep, uh, it's kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. <laughs> Only took us a year to get there, but yeah, yeah. we got there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Scott doesn't give him anything. So they go talk to the other son, Nathaniel. Um, and Nathaniel's having a hard time with this theory of him being killed by anything other than a burglar. Um, like everybody else says, uh, the grandson, um. Uh, Patrick, you know, is just a kid who spends most of his time in fantasy land. But then uh, Simon and Simon are like, yeah, but uh, did, didn't you used to be into roofing and siding and you know, some business, better business bureau complaints there? <laughs> and then he just starts talking capitalism talk. I'm like, you, you realize that's not helping your case, right, Nathaniel? <laughs> <laughs> So you just um, just labeled yourself as the bad guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even more so now, the guys think we need to look at the will. So they're like, "How are we going to do that?" And they're like, "It's probably in the lawyer's office. Let's wait till he goes to lunch, and we'll sneak in there as window washers." Like you do. <sighs> yeah. 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 Window listen, washer I disguise. Feel like this is a plan that Kermit and Fozzie would have come up with. <laughs> And it would have been oh, wow. executed better. They would have brought the paper towels, and it would have been fine. Uh, this <laughs> just didn't go well. Mm-hmm. This changes everything about you this episode. Now I'm going to watch it again, <laughs> thinking Kermit and Fozzie the whole time. Yeah. And I'll be so good with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Dr. Teeth is playing the uh, recording guy. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. So they do break into the office. Uh, they don't find the will. Uh, but they do find some financial statements that they take pictures of. Shows a lot of very big donations. With the real good 1984 spy camera. Uh-huh. Yeah, Microfilm. Let's go. <laughs> so cool. Um, now we're going to have to wait to get that developed. And then, right. Like, like, let's think about that for a second. It was 1984. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we had one-hour photo yet. No. 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 You know, like, mail that like off. Un- unless one of them actually knows how to develop film, which you would kind yeah. of hope. If you're an they investigator, yeah, you need to. Because, I mean, you got to put that in front of people that don't know you, and you're taking pictures of the weird <laughs> documents, or Lord knows what. You want to develop your own film. When mm-hmm. I was in, like, middle school, my mom worked at a photo place, and it was the photo place where, like, the cops used to bring their film. And so every now and then they would be like, Oof. don't look at these. Just just develop and print them. Don't look. You know, because mm-hmm. they used to check them and make sure that everything. They're like, just print them. Put them in an envelope. Do not look at <laughs> yeah. these. You're going to want the plausible deniability. Yeah, don't. Uh, you just don't, put them in the envelope. Don't. don't. <laughs> cool. So... The guys go to get back on their little platform, but little do they know, it's been sabotaged. <gasps> Sabotage! Um, 
We actually saw one of the mooks earlier call to tell whoever, whatever boss of his, is they've got an opportunity to put those detectives out of your misery. <laughs> so yeah. with a socket wrench. Yeah. With a socket wrench. Yeah, we got so, the right socket the first try too. Yeah, that's, that's how you know this is fiction. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. not the first time they've sabotaged Absolutely. a window washing platform. I'll that tell was, you. That what was is my... that? It's a metric. Yeah, no, that that was my moment, like the ink pen at the beginning. Like, no, that does not happen <laughs> no. now no. ever. No, no that is not going to be a no. half inch socket. I guarantee you. <laughs> so. and it needs to be a deep well. Because you can't just, those are going to have nuts mm-hmm. to, or bolts to get through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get sabotaged. The platform is dangling. Rick's just barely hanging on. Um, and then, of course, there's some other workers on the floor below that help them out. No questions asked. It's just like, oh, we got you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Oh, this happens all the time. I'll just get you. No problem. That's why we have our safeties two floors below. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> so, they're back at their office um, talking about how much did Banfield actually donate? How much of this money of his was donated to charity? Um, and AJ gets on the phone with an accent for some reason. Because we, you know, I... I have to say the best part about this phone call because like the contents of the phone call are very good, but it's the, it's the part where he goes, so condors are a good tax shelter, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing at all suspicious about this phone call. Mm-hmm. Perfectly above board. Yeah. Listen. It, it very nearly was my opening was the other half of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> But still, we actually discover through this phone call that no money was actually donated at all. And, like, the the biggest donation was back in 79. It was, like, 33000 Where on the um, financial statements, we saw 56 hundreds of thousands of dollars donated, apparently. And just as they're finishing that up, who calls them but Mr. Comic Book Shop Guy? Apparently, there's a collector um, who might have the comic they're looking for. Um, and and they ask him, you know, what would he be up for a trade or something? Like, maybe. It's like, what's, a, what's something he collects? Well, he collects comic books and, and baseball cards. Baseball cards make him weak in the knees. Oh. I was just like... Okay. Schrodinger's Pete Rose. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. Good not check off every time. <laughs> so <clears throat> they go to Gary Gunowitz's place. Ah, uh, Gary. Um. Yeah. And to get in the door, just flash the Pete Rose card. That's all it That's takes. That's a euphemism. Uh huh. Because apparently he's been looking for it for five years. You know, he like gets all emotional about it too. Mm-hmm. This guy lives alone. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> with all those other collectibles everywhere. Thank God he is not on 4chan. I just oh oh yeah, no, he's gonna. This is he's fine. on some random BBS somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I don't know. What did they have that in '84? Probably. He's gonna create so, war games. He did. Come out. Like, he's gonna do. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, after some negotiation, they find out he does, in fact, have the comic where Janice is introduced. Um, though apparently he gave, Condor gave Janice the name Janice later on. I guess. Even though his name Sorry. is on the cover of that particular issue. Oh, okay. mm, a goof. Mm, yeah. Mm, um, who's the inspector just, now, Simon and Simon? So back to the... I, this has been needling at me. The whole, like, oh, yeah, no, he hated he hated his successful comic career because he wanted to be a serious pain. It's so hard to do comics. You don't do, like... You go be an accountant. You don't. You don't do comics. It's so mm-hmm. much work. Yeah, you can't yeah. hate do it. You just can't. Oh, no, it's no. so hard. Like you have to draw backgrounds and junk. Like anytime I think about somebody drawing Spider Man, I just want to cry for them because I'm like they have to draw those lines every time they yeah. draw him. You can't. Hate I would throw that. something. Yeah, uh, and to be successful nope, at it. Anybody that's, that's successful saying. at it, because I'll tell you this, the guy who actually did the artwork, Will uh, Minio, was so not successful at making comics that he had to go get another job. He worked in storyboarding. Like, I guarantee you, if you watched a cartoon in the 80s, you watched something that he was in the production of. Nice. He point. was oh, so wow. unsuccessful at comic books that he ended up having to do comic books for Simon and Simon. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's what <laughs> yeah. happened to him. but storyboards is like comic books but just not pages and it is not as detailed actually almost no one is ever gonna see yeah you're never gonna see them but they're so important they are super. the better you are at storyboarding the better your final product is gonna be yeah yeah um so we're still talking your service storyboard artists yeah storyboard artists you were the unsung heroes of pre-production (laughs) <laughs> um, so they're talking about Janice and how apparently he was passing for good but was really evil um, and then AJ puts it together Janice like the Roman god of two faces like yeah way to get on board yes it's not um, that subtle AJ it's really not it's not I'm right out there but AJ is the one who noticed the symbols in Janice's cape and specifically in one particular he notices the Pisces on the cave. He's like, who's the Pisces in the family? Um, which Patrick doesn't know. He's like, I don't know. Nobody knew his um, mom's astrological sign like right, right away. He had no She's hesitation heard of, she, he's, he's overheard her telling a lot of her new friends when they come over. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, that's what I'm thinking too. He, he knows. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they leave Gary's and are still being followed by the goons. Then we cut to dun 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 Raymond and Nathaniel arguing. Um and basically this starts to confirm everything and just like, okay, here you go, here's the villain. Um No, I didn't have the will in my office. I'm not an idiot. I did have a copy of all of the money we skimmed. <laughs> uh-huh. and, of course you do. I didn't have the will, but I had the incriminating evidence that can implicate us, oh, and only us. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. He said he had the two lists. The one he said to Martin and the one of what we skinned. Why would you record that? Why? 
Yeah, why'd you write that down? That. Vary the producers. Mm-hmm. Don't like one <laughs> once yeah. an accountant, always an accountant. Like you're gonna spreadsheet everything, even the money you're laundering. <laughs> you show this book to somewhere. the police. Don't yep. show this book to the police. <laughs> yeah. good. So, Very good. Very clear. Red book, give to people. Blue book, keep hidden. That's how you separate it. Protected right. by poison needles. Yep. <laughs> so basically everybody ends up back at the house. We start with Simon and Simon and Patrick. Um, the spinoff. Yeah. Yes. And even, uh, again, AJ figuring things out, rearranging letters from some phrase, and it spells Nathaniel. Yeah, because certain words in the speech bubble are mm-hmm. underlined and bold. And if you yeah. put them together, it makes them around. And they're it's all backwards video. for us, yes. right. uh, which made it, it even more the, confusing. I'm like, can't the, even crack the code. Um, but it was funny how squinting. Like, they say that, you know, that what that spells. And Patrick's like, yeah, Nathaniel it was probably him. And as Great. soon as he says that, Nathaniel and the goons are right there with guns. Great. Yeah. Well done, kid. Um. And then he leads them outside. Um, as Molly comes home, too, she sees them walking outside. Um, and they're like, what are you going to do? Just kill us? He's like, I killed my own man. Why wouldn't I kill you? One way or another, you're going off that cliff side that they happen to be right next to. And you're going in the water. California, they just got cliffs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's everywhere. But for whatever reason then that's when simon and simon decide to go into action and they both take out the guys with the guns um I'm very disappointed that molly's weightlifting did not figure into this oh well, yeah yeah it, it was at this point in the episode where i felt like the writers had spent so much time on the minutiae of comic books <laughs> and collecting mm-hmm. them and Without failed. knowing anything about any of it. Right, right. right. And, and failed yeah. to write anything about, like, character motivations or story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just like... Uh, there's a will. Where yeah, there's, there's a will, will, there's a plot. It's yep, fine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need. Because mm-hmm. I, I did. I love that. It's like, what are you going to... You're going to kill us? He's like, well, I killed my yeah. father. Why wouldn't I kill you? Like, yeah. I, I got mean, a taste for blood now. Okay. Yeah. It's sure... It's not really yeah, the same thing, but okay. Sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, AJ, for a penny. AJ uh, <laughs> takes care of his one goon, takes him out. Um, Rick is having some trouble with the other one. Um, and they're like, <laughs> okay. And they start, AJ's pulling at his arms, the goon's pulling at his feet. And it's like, this is going to end up bad, right? AJ yeah. grabs him by his belt in the front. And all I could <laughs> think was, like, there is an, an epic wedgie Melvin situation uh-huh. going on for poor Rick. Because he's just being pulled in the worst ways mm-hmm. you could be pulled. And then the goon pulls that boot clean off and goes over. Yeah, this is the part where I realized um, this was also fiction. Because I've tried mm-hmm. to get a boot off a person and, like... It's hard, man. Like it's not even yeah. if the person if wants want the boot to. off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had well, my boots on. I said, "Sam, come take this boot off." And he fought and fought. And I'm like, "Well, I can't get it off, so we're just gonna be here today." One, he gets <laughs> the boot off. No, he gets the boot off, and then he does the um, cartoonish like whoa, 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 whoa falling whoa, back, whoa, 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 whoa. and still falls. I'm like uh, uh, okay. 
Um, at what point, then, while he was pulling on that boot at the edge of the cliff, did he think that was a good idea? Is what I'm curious to know. Like, what's right. going through his mind at that point? I'm going to get this boot off of him and not fall to my death because the cliff's right there. This is this certainly he's, how this is going to go. Yeah, he's never played tug of war before. Uh, clearly, <laughs> uh-huh. um, Patrick ran away. Molly shows up with a rifle, points it right at Nathaniel, and scene. We're done with the fight. We pick up Good at work, them. everybody. Apparently, <laughs> well everything's been taken care of. They're walking out of the house. Uh, and Molly thanks Rick and AJ for all their help. Gives them a gift. Apparently, it's a big poster. But apparently, she drew because she apparently inherited some artistic talent. It's not how it works. Um, mm-hmm. And made a little poster of the guys with Condor. Um, and it... I actually, this was one that I actually paused and then found later that uh, it said, Superheroes' work is never done. Thanks, Rick and AJ. Um, I didn't look into it too hard, but it, it really strikes me that Superheroes was uh, hyphenated and <laughs> possessive. Oh, no. Like, oh, the oh, hyphen I'll accept. Yeah. Oh, um, no, because you, you said it's, it's superheroes. Superheroes' work is never done. That's fine, but it should be a superhero's work or superheroes? Or superheroes' ES, maybe, but. Yeah, I wonder if this is the start of Marvel and DC have copyrighted the term superhero and they're just trying to Uh, not. You just didn't want to touch that. that, Like, Marvel was like, you can have this stuff, but don't say that word. Don't use that word. word. Oh, like the big game? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. They're very litigious at the time. Um. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. They're just like, okay, everything's hunky-dory. Mm-hmm. You know, so endings I, are hard. Yeah. <laughs> just don't do them. So then just, it's easy. Yeah, just don't. Yeah. Never just, end. That kid so, yeah. will be fine. No time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't watch someone die. Right. Yeah. He didn't, and walk his, in on his dead grandfather. So he's going say. through his... So he's... Clearly, things are going great with his parents' divorce. So I'm sure that that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Walked in and found his dead grandfather on the floor, who was the only person who seemed to care about him. And mm. then watched someone fall off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> which but, I mean, look at the house he's in. He said, Mom, I'm going to go to my room, and you're not going to tell you which room it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's not something you get to say if you're not that's living true. a life of means. It's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's fine. Money right. heals all things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. In two years when the will's actually opened. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll be fine. He's fine. All right, so what do we think of Simon and Simon? (laughs) Uh, Go ahead. If this is the best top-rated episode, I think I've seen it, uh, and I'm good. (laughs) Like, when I watched the Red Dive, to be like, oh, this is is a top, oh, top episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll watch Magnum P.I. again. This was (laughs) fine, though. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my initial reaction was like, eh, it was you know whatever. It was it was fine. Top rated episode. Ugh, yikes! How <laughs> how they well, made a hundred and fifty six episodes is surprising to me because yeah. that's a lot of episodes to make. This show, well, it, if you don't it's weird. Put a plot in them. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's you gotta you still have to get renewed every season. 
And like mm-hmm. coming off of Magnum PI and watching this, the pacing difference Ooh, was man stark. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. that was the thing that got me here was this is supposed to be your, you know, police procedural like with Magnum, yeah, what the especially the episode that we watched wasn't like super action packed, but it was moving along. Things were happening. This had a lot of sitting and talking and and walking from place to place and no music in the background. No and music. Mm-hmm. Lack of soundtrack. I wrote that down. I'm like, there's just nothing to drive your emotional, like, where you're supposed to go. It's just, bleh, you know. Yeah. It's like eating you know, some kind of, like, bread. Just bread. Like, <laughs> just wonder bread. That's what this is. <laughs> it's just, a ham sandwich just a, without mayo or mustard or anything. With nothing on it. It's just gonna, it's gonna fill you, but it's not really something to tell everyone about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It's not. It's not unwatchable. But no. th- there are there are other things I will watch instead. Mm-hmm. Ag- agreed. Yeah, that's yeah. a good. Yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. Yeah. Yep. So that was Simon and Simon. Do we have any feedback this week? Oh, this or yeah, we did else? have a. We had a letter I shared with you guys earlier. Hold on. Where is it? Where I is it? A letter. I did because well, those were the days. <laughs> Yeah. Those were the days. Which, while Steven's, you know, looking for that, don't forget, you can hit us up on Twitter. We uh, Those days show. Email us, those were the days show at gmail.com. Uh, come hang out in Discord, uh, Legion of Dorks. What's the best way to find yeah, that, Steven? Tudorks.net two slash Discord. Yep. And then you can yep. follow all of us on all the socials where we're at. Feel free to hit us up yeah. anytime. Uh, we uh, love I talking did, yep. about this stuff. I did find it if you haven't yet. I found it. I'm there. Okay. I'm there. We got a we got a, we got an email slash letter, whatever, from oh, Brian. Box. We should. That'd be great. You, send, you can send us <laughs> send old cans like circus peanuts yeah. and stuff yeah. and letters. Uh, I'm a new listener to your podcast and just listened to your show about Rowan and Martin's laughing. We did that months ago. So good. Brian's catching up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says I'm a 67 year old year old and I remember watching that show every week. There were several errors I noticed. One wow. was misstating of the great Gary Owens' last name. Uh, we kept calling him Gary Owen. This is Gary Owens. I'm not sure. Also, the reference to Ruby Begonia, not Rudy Begonia. Thanks, Brian. Letting us know what's what. And we missed an opportunity to equate Dan Rowan and Dick Martin's banter to the great George Burns and, George Burns and Gracie Allen. All the way down to say goodnight, Dick. Keep up the good work. I'm enjoying the shows. We're glad you're enjoying them, Brian. Yes. You Thank keep, you, Brian. You keep making us better. Hold our feet to the fire. I, I am <laughs> upset that we missed the opportunity to equate a 50-year-old show with something that's even older than that. So that's on my <laughs> I know. I, I know for a fact that at some point the discussion came up. <laughs> it's in and there, may- Brian. Maybe it didn't make it into the episode. Maybe we talked about it another time. But that like, could have been. I, like, I did yeah. know, like, we did get mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it could but, have been. But I will say, unknowable. and, and Stephen, you mentioned this earlier when you were telling us about this. I do love the fact that, like, we have somebody who watched Rowan and Martin's Laugh In when it aired. Yes. Yes. And they're listening to our show now. That is amazing. Brian, thank you so much we for listening that, to the show Brian. and for writing in. We, uh, I yeah. honestly do like really appreciate apologies it. that we're occasionally young whippersnappers for you, <laughs> but we appreciate <laughs> yeah. you all the same. Yes. It does mean the listening. world. And you know, when you finally get to this episode, keep writing in, keep letting us know. Yeah. 
what you think? Tell us what's what. What are we missing? Like, we're sure we're missing something, and that's okay because that's that's the fun of this that we're all yeah. in it together talking about Absolutely. TV. It's great. So now next week, Stephen is bringing an episode of something oh, for yeah. us. Stephen. Oh what yeah, I'm bringing. I'm I'm so excited about this because uh, it stars the late great James Garner. Mm-hmm. You might know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Rockford Files. Oh, That's yeah. right. We're going to the Rockford Files for our private investigator with me. Season 5, Episode 4. White on White, Nearly Perfect. Guest starring... That's right, you guessed it. Tom Selleck. Uh, so awesome. it is going to be great. It's one of those Tom Selleck's like the perfect detective. And then Jim Rockford is definitely not the perfect detective. <laughs> and they clash. And I cannot wait. To see it, I've never watched the episode of Rockford Files, and I've been holding out just for this. Nice. So uh, it's going to be really exciting. That's nice. available on uh, Roku Channel. So if you have uh, Roku Channel's got free stuff, just go out there, watch season five, episode four, White on White, nearly perfect. Nice. Excellent. For next week. Amy, you're going to have to have some kind of Magnum connection. I know, right? <laughs> I, th- I mean, at I this point, fairly certain yeah. I can do it. It'll be but, fine. We'll, we'll get there. So, but thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to everybody who is in chat with us tonight. Uh, Phil Rude, JF DuBose, appreciate you guys being there. Phil, again, big shout out. Thank you for Uh, rocking out for us with the theme song to Simon and Simon. Definitely go listen to the picture show with Austin and Phil Rude. Absolutely. uh, They're currently running a season. Uh, They come out every Monday. It's a phenomenal show. Go down there. Nice. Yes. And Phil Rude on TikTok. Yeah. Do that mm-hmm. too. Yep. Yeah. R-O-O-D. But get out yep. there. As for us, for Amy, Steven, and Travis, I'm Audie, and we will see you next week for more TV nostalgia right here on Those Were the Days. Bye everybody. Bye.